As creatives and entrepreneurs, it can be easy to put so much importance on all things work-related, sometimes at the detriment of our own health. In a society that rewards hard work and reinforces the message that more is better, it's no wonder that burnout is such a hot topic lately. Which begs the question, how exactly do we go about taking care of ourselves before, during, and after burnout? Today, we go deep and talk about how to tap into your intuition to put self-care practices in place now to support you in creating a balanced life and thriving business without sacrificing one for the other. Plus, we'll give you tips on how to manage it if you're in it or coming out on the other side. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Rebecca Haas. Rebecca is not your average Minnesotan pianist and composer. She's also a coach who supports other musicians and artists in their creative habits through wellness. She is passionate about helping creatives live more balanced lives via small, impactful changes built on a strong foundation of self-compassion with a healthy dose of you do you. She co-hosts the podcast, Being a Whole Person, a show for creative entrepreneurs about spirituality and self-care launching March 21st. Rebecca, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Amanda. I'm really happy to be here. Ah, amazing. Um, so I read your bio. Can you tell me a little bit in your own words about what you do and why you do it? Yeah. And as you read, I have kind of two big halves of what I do. Um, so I guess I have a different answer for each one. Um, on the pianist and composer side, that's something I've been doing. Well, I've been playing piano pretty much my whole life and have been working as a pianist for about 20 years at this point, since I started kind of gigging in high school. Um, But the composer part is kind of newer over the last few years. And my why for both those things is kind of just that I feel like I have to do it. I feel like I am pulled to, to make music, to be creative. And I know that if I don't do it, I'm not happy. Um, and then, you know, that's the, my side of it. I also love sharing these things with people. Like there's nothing more fun for me than playing Brazilian music. And it's so joyful sounding. It makes everybody happy. And I just love that I can bring that to other people. And then on the coaching side, um, my why, so my coaching practice is called coaching for creative wellness. And what that is, is somewhere between a creative coach and a wellness coach. So I help creative people be more well, basically. And that could mean all kinds of things from physical wellness to, you know, mental, emotional stuff to supporting them in healthy habits. It could be creative blocks. People come to me with all kinds of things from 
all sides could have to do with productivity, just all the things that support you as a creative person. And I personally know that our society as Americans and, you know, music school, all kinds of things encourage us to just work so hard without taking care of our bodies. And I know firsthand that that does not work. You know, logically, we know that doesn't work. But I personally have been a workaholic and have felt burned out many different times. And it just doesn't work. And I don't want to promote the idea that we have to work all the time. So I want to help support people in that idea that, yes, we can feel healthy and more balanced in our lives. And we can also have a successful career. Totally. I think that message just resonates with me so much because, you know, we just don't, we aren't equipped with these kind of skills in school or really like anywhere else in our life, right? We're never taught that. (laughs) No. We're never taught how to actually take care of ourselves or that we do need a break to rest and refuel or how exactly to go about those self-care practices. There isn't really a support system in place for that, I think. Um, Even if you think back to, you know, schooling and growing up, those breaks were always kind of in place, I guess, right? Like we had winter vacation and spring break and then summer break. And that kind of work and then rest and then begin again process, I think felt like a really good rhythm for me growing up. And then when I entered the working world, it was a completely different story. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. So I'm going to work every day, five days a week for my two weeks of vacation and that that's it. That's that's all I do anymore, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I think that that was that came as like such a shock transitioning out of, you know, schooling and that kind of school system and then just learning the kind of boundaries to put in place to actually take care of myself in the working world and as a creative because I mean Creativity does not seem to flow when we're stressed out and overwhelmed, right? It only makes things harder. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that putting these kind of boundaries and establishing these kind of self-care practices, and I think those are different for everyone, quite frankly, but putting those in place can make it so much easier to thrive as a creative instead of just constantly go, 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 you know, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, to a certain extent, what we're taught in the working world. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I certainly have. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're so right that we don't learn how to take care of ourselves in any formal way. Um, We learn about it indirectly, probably from what we see our parents do. And like, I grew up in the Midwest. I live in Minnesota. This is where I grew up. Um, And my dad grew up on a farm. My mom, you know, had farmers in her family. The work ethic is like one of the biggest values for Midwesterners, I feel. And so if you're Mm. not working hard, that's not okay. So I feel like even though no one told me that, that's kind of what I learned. And then when I went to college, it was like, okay, I practiced 
this many hours and I slept this few hours and I'm taking this many classes. And it was like bragging rights about how hard you were working and how little you were sleeping and taking care of yourself. So I feel like that got ingrained in me in a lot of different ways, unfortunately. Yes. I remember that in design school as well, where, Mm. I mean, we had a relatively small design class. I think we were like 36 people. Um, and and that was broken up into like a few different sections, but still. Um, and I remember we had like a central working environment, which was called the warehouse. And it was like a little studio space downtown and it was awesome. But there would be classmates that would brag about essentially like, oh, I pulled an all nighter or like I had to work really hard to get this done or I haven't, I haven't slept since, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever it was. And I never subscribed to that belief that I had to stay up all night in order to be successful. And because I just know my body doesn't great. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that my body doesn't work that way and that it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be beneficial to me. Did I have nights where I slept a lot less than I would have? Yes, definitely. Um, I remember (laughs) waking up after like my two hour nap and like looking at the ceiling and wanting to Photoshop the cracks out of the walls because my brain was still (laughs) mentally in in design world. Um, But I think like, when you when we can t- kind of take a bigger picture view of what rest and rest looks like to us and what practices and boundaries we can put in place to do our best work it totally shifts the conversation around how we can be most productive and how we can work most efficiently yeah and like you said earlier it's really important to note that we're not all the same and the ideas that other people give you about how to rest and take care of yourself might be completely different. Like introverts versus extroverts, for instance, like I'm absolutely Mm -hmm. an introvert. I like hanging out with people. It doesn't mean I don't like people. It doesn't mean I don't like even like networking or parties or anything like that. It's just that I have a limited amount of energy that I can spend on those things at once. Whereas someone else might really feel energized and replenished from something like that. So that's just one example, but it is so personal. Absolutely. So I'm curious to hear, is there one mindset shift that's made the biggest difference for you in your life or business? Yeah. So this is something I started doing a couple years ago. Um, I historically have struggled with anxiety and depression and not in a way that has fully interrupted my life. Um, it's always been something I've been able to manage, but there have been periods where it has been harder to manage. Um, and a couple of years ago was one of those periods of time. And I had started taking walks every morning. I had done that for a while, but it, it came to be like a morning routine type of thing. Um, and I set a reminder on my phone that said, what do I need today? And I made that my question for myself every day. And on the walk, I would kind of ponder that or, you know, just kind of meditate on it even. And just asking myself what I need felt like a very revolutionary thing to me because when you're used to being a workaholic and you're just going to run from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And, you know, say I, I also teach piano and say I have an afternoon full of like four hours worth of students, I barely have time to like stop and go to the bathroom, let alone drink enough water or, you know, have snacks, that kind of thing. And I have since stopped scheduling my days like that. But 
Um, that's just kind of one example of how I was not in touch with what I needed. And just the practice of asking it, I think can get us a lot closer to both knowing what it is, which is actually kind of hard sometimes, and um, actually just being able to do something about it. Totally. And I think it's such a simple question, but I think our listeners will be surprised how much they're not doing this, right? How yes, sometimes we shift out of alignment when we don't ask ourselves like, okay, what am I most needing today? And sometimes you're right. Sometimes that is like a glass of water. Sometimes that is going for a walk. Sometimes it's taking a 20-minute nap. Sometimes it's writing a bunch of like sales pitch emails or marketing emails because you know that's what's going to move your business forward the most and that's what's going to make you feel empowered and taking action in your business. I don't think there's one right answer here, but I think the goal is really just to find that kind of alignment because a lot of times we're going through the motions and we we've developed these habits that we don't even think about anymore. We never really stop to consider, okay, why is it that I am, you know, making a 30 minute breakfast every morning? Or why is it that I'm making, taking two hours to make breakfast in the morning? You know, whatever it, if that's a silly example, but <laughs> whatever it is that we're kind of doing that without really a second thought, And I think a lot of times we're moving through life in that way because a lot of these things are ingrained. And when we can start being more intentional about them and when we can take a step back and we can say, okay, what is it that I'm needing? Do I really need to do X, Y, Z simply because I've always been doing it that way or simply because it's on my schedule or what would be a different way to take care of of my needs today? I think it's a really productive question. And I think we start finding answers that kind of take care of ourselves from a soul perspective instead of just the surface level things of ticking the box and getting things done. Definitely. It also has been pretty big for me on an emotional level. Like maybe I'm just feeling kind of tender about something today. And in the past, if I was working constantly, I didn't even have time to notice that, let alone you know, be nicer to myself in reaction to that. Um, it's helped me feel my feelings more, which is something that as a Midwesterner, maybe I didn't learn how to do either, but yeah, it works on all kinds of levels. Totally. And I think that whole feeling your feelings thing is so incredibly important from a, just like an emotional intelligence perspective, Mm-hmm. Because we're always going to have those ups and downs, right? Like the goal is not to completely get rid of them. That polarity is why the good stuff feels so good and the not good stuff feels so icky, right? Yeah. So I think the goal is really to be able to have those ups and downs, but to know that you're going to be okay no matter what, right? So kind of having this grounded baseline where you're allowed to feel your feelings, you can still feel really good and you can still have days where you feel really bad, but you know that there isn't any emotion that you can't handle. And I think that brings such a grounded perspective to having those emotions and feeling our feelings and allowing them instead of resisting them that can really help from an emotional perspective as well. 
I absolutely love hopping on these free calls because I see so many common threads among creatives and entrepreneurs. What I've found is that so many of you are stressed and overwhelmed, feeling like you have to do a million things to grow your business without feeling like one thing is really getting you the results you want. If you're tired of spinning your wheels and are looking for strategic mindset coaching so you can find the clarity and focus you need to get out of your own way and see more of the results you actually want, grab a time for my free stress to success coaching call. During this 30 minute mindset and strategy session, I'll help you uncover the mindset shift that will make the biggest difference for you. So you can start taking the right actions consistently and start saying no to the things that aren't bringing in results. Head over to amandadunnelycom slash free call to book. I only do three of these each week. So get over there and book yours today. So I know one of the things that I come across with my clients is they don't feel like they have time to take care of themselves in this way. They don't feel like they um, have the time to support themselves, to do the kind of mindset work that we're talking about, to really tap into their feelings, to make conscious choices, to get to the root of what it is that they need each day. And I think there's this perception that this is the kind of mindset work that's going to take forever, right? Like this, this process takes so long and seems so overwhelming. And there's no way that I have time for that. My life just doesn't work that way. And I have two kids and I'm always running around, you know, whatever the, whatever the story is that they're telling themselves, like insert story here. Mm -hmm. But I would love for you to talk about how it is that you've kind of made this practice part of an overall lifestyle change for you and how you really do make the time for it and also how long it actually takes you. I think that would be really valuable information too. Sure. Well, I think you could spend as much or as little time on it as you want. Um, For me, my daily walk is such a cornerstone of making me feel okay uh, mental health wise, but also just to give myself a chance to unravel whatever's tangled up in my brain, as well as just the obvious physical exercise benefits and becoming more clear and focused. So it has so many benefits that when I don't do it, I can't be an effective person. So I kind of feel like I don't have time not to do it. But yeah, my walk is only half an hour out of my day. And that's just a non-negotiable for me that I know is going to happen each day. And it doesn't feel like a burden on my time because I know how essential it is. But maybe half an hour feels like something you can't squeeze into your day. That's fine. Um, I always tell people, like, make the most micro change possible. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the blog Zen Habits. No, tell me more. Yeah, he's great. Leo Babauta, I think. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but he'll write these great posts that are very, they're thoughtful, but they're also very actionable. So he talks about making small changes and starting a habit in a very small way, like flossing one tooth, which like you laugh at that. Why would I floss one tooth? That's totally useless. But it's not that you're flossing the one tooth. It's that you started. And once you're holding the floss in your hand, you're probably going to floss the rest of your teeth because you got there, like you showed up to do it. So if you can convince yourself to floss one tooth or meditate for one minute or whatever the like laughably small version of that is, 
you can make a placeholder to start that habit. And then from there, you can continue to expand it. Or you can be like, you know what, five minutes of meditation today is actually like, that's really working for me. I don't feel like I need to pressure myself to add more right now. Maybe in the future I will, but maybe right now that's fine. Um, That gets you going on the habit and you can kind of flex it how you need to after that. Yes. And I love how that makes it feel so much less overwhelming because I think sometimes we have this habit to go from zero to a hundred, right? So I don't get any exercise in ever. So I'm going to sign up for a marathon and start marathon training, right? Like (laughs) those are two completely different ideas and it takes, takes our mindset a while to warm up to those kind of things. It takes your body a while to warm up to those kind of things. So I think that when we can start taking this kind of micro approach to it, it makes it a lot easier to continue. And we also don't get knocked off the horse quite as easily, right? We don't get so discouraged. We don't go, go, go for like the biggest thing. And then when we don't hit it or we don't reach it or we don't see those instantaneous results, we decide, well, okay, that's not working. I'm not going to do that anymore, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. that's the other thing that I see happening with creatives and entrepreneurs is that they don't give themselves enough time to warm up to these changes. They don't give themselves enough time for the shift. And I think a big part of that is just having grace with yourself, allowing yourself to like fail at first, right? Or for it to be hard or for you to not quite get it. And that's okay. And it's part of the process, but we need to stop making those kind of things bad. And I think what you're talking about by making the goal so much smaller, it doesn't mean that we don't still reach for big things. It just means that we start a lot slower and smaller and more with more consistency than we might need later on when we've really seen the compound efforts. And these things come so much more easily to us. Absolutely. And I think another facet of that is sort of the new year's syndrome where you're like, here are all my goals for the year. Like I'm definitely an over planner when it comes to that stuff, or I used to be. And I'd be like, all right, this year I'm going to get my life together. And I have this long list of like new habits (laughs) I want to start. And I'm going to try and do them all the first week of January. And like, does that work? Never, because it's too many things to do at once. So I've learned to be really, like you said, have grace with myself to say, I don't need to add a whole bunch of things to my morning routine to be good or whatever. I can just add one thing. And then when that thing feels really stable and I don't have to think about it actively anymore, it's just part of my routine then I can think about adding something else. And that's totally fine. One thing like that for me is yoga. I've always wanted to be the kind of person who does yoga every morning. And I just have never been able to make that a solid habit. And I've kind of just let go of it. If I feel like I want to do that in the future, cool. But it feels more like a a thing I should do than something that I need to do right now. I think that's a big thing to consider too, is are you trying to start a habit because it it feels like everyone is talking about that self-care habit or whatever kind of habit, or does it feel like something you, from your intuition, truly need? Yes, absolutely. And I think when we tap into that kind of Intuition and that kind of alignment, we always see more of the results that we actually want, right? Because we always see more results when it actually feels good (laughs) to take those actions rather than doing it just because we think we should be doing it. 
So totally agree with you there. I would love to hear how this has changed the way that you work, this kind of practice of asking yourself what you need and then really making an effort to get that in each day. Have you noticed a shift in the way you run your business or, you know, anything from your the work side? Definitely. Um, number one is I take more breaks, which also sounds like a super simple thing. But I used to not take so many breaks. I used to be like, oh no, I should eat lunch as fast as I can and then go straight back to work because I just don't have time for this. And as a result, I just couldn't think straight. My brain didn't get a chance to rest. And I think I've become a lot more aware of the mental rest that I need. Um, I also know that I'm a highly sensitive person, which there's a whole book about that if people want to know about that. But, um, I get overstimulated easily by sound and by visual things and by information. And I think we all get overstimulated if we're scrolling on the internet too much, but I know that about myself now. And I know that I need more processing time for stuff. So say I'm doing a podcast interview or right after this interview, I'm going to take like 10 minutes to go just lie down and do nothing, like literally nothing, not with my phone, just nothing because I know that I need my brain to just kind of clear out a little bit. So, um, I know that I have to ask myself, what do I need right now? Do I, do I need 10 minutes? Maybe I actually need an hour and that doesn't feel okay. Cause it's the middle of the workday. I'm supposed to be working right now. But if that hour of laying down is going to help me be refreshed for the rest of the afternoon, I'm going to do that because it's more than worth it. I think it's tough to trust the rest and that it's going to affect you positively because you see the results more tangibly of keeping on working and what comes from that. But it's a little harder to measure how much did I rest? What, how much is that getting me? Yes. And I think that kind of lack of measurement and it sounds counterintuitive, right? I think that's the part that most people have the biggest struggle with is this idea that I'm going to take a half hour to rest or I'm going to give myself the space I need so that I can be more productive later and I can blast through that newsletter in a half hour instead of sitting there for two hours and thinking and writing and rewriting and struggling and being tired and beating myself up for being tired and, you know, whatever else comes with that. And I think it's one of those things where you just have to believe in the beginning, right? You have to believe in the beginning before you have tangible evidence that this is actually going to benefit you. And then I think once you do it enough times, you begin to see the results of it. You begin to see how it changed the way you work. You begin to see how much more productive you are. You begin to see how much better you feel and how you're getting more done and how you're feeling better and how everyone around you is happier to be around you. And all of those other kind of more tangible results, those happen through this kind of process of doing, right? And so I think in the beginning, you like you just need to believe, right? Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. need to believe that the rest is going to fuel all of the things that come later on. And if you don't believe it and you continue to work for months on end and barely take a break, you will believe it because your body will tell you that you can't do that anymore. 
And that has happened to me on a number yes. of occasions. Like that period a couple of years ago when I started the practice of what do I need today every morning, um, I was so burned out. I had there was personal stuff that factored into it too, but I really had just been working so hard and doing so many things with very little break. And I basically lost a whole summer. I didn't, I I shouldn't say lose. I was doing the things that were required of me. Like I was fulfilling my work, but I was not doing anything on top of that because I just literally did not have the space in my head. The, the anxiety was just too much. And it just, it took so long to dig myself out of that. And I never want to go through that again. And I know that cause and effect, like maybe some of us do need to, uh, I don't know, do the less healthy actions to recognize what the cause and effect is. And I think as humans, we also are naturally going to push our limits. But I think that once we know what our limits are and they can change too, of course, but once we kind of know what that, okay, this was way beyond limit that can be beneficial because then we know, I don't want to do that again. I really need to do these things for myself because I don't want to feel like that again. Yeah, totally. And I think there's this idea that your body will tell you what you need And I think a lot of times that's kind of difficult for people to wrap their heads around because they're not used to listening to their body in the first place. (laughs) So this idea of like, your body will tell you what it needs just sounds like a little bit ridiculous. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then it becomes this, it becomes a real problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like something happens where the anxiety and the depression sink in or they wake up and they don't have the motivation to, you know, do their work for the day or, you know, however it ends up showing up for them. Like that is your body telling you what it needs, right? Yes. Those are the ways that those are the ways that you learn that you need to do something differently or something needs to shift or something needs to change. It isn't like this like I don't know. You don't get like a message. (laughs) There's no message in a bottle from your body that's coming, right? So you really need to learn to pay attention to those, those signs and listen to them. And that like, that is your body telling you, Hey, we're not doing so great. We're not like things aren't really working here. Slow down a little bit. (laughs) Give yourself that space. So I think that's important to point out too, because a lot of us just aren't used to listening. No. I was just going to say that too. Uh, We have to learn how to listen to ourselves. And I think our society, the way that we pride hustle and work and all that, it doesn't lend itself to listening to your body at all. Our bodies are an inconvenience at best and even something to hate if you look at like the beauty industry and how much they're trying to sell us something to make ourselves look better, you know? So yeah, we don't have a good framework for, okay, my body is really helpful and I love it for what it does for me. And I really have to hear those tiny signals and not wait for the big ones to knock me over the head. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that so much. So um, I know that you have a Facebook group for Creative Wellness. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah. So it's called Creative Wellness Club. Anyone is free to join it. 
and it is designed for people in creative fields. And that could mean you're working in a creative field. It could mean that you have a different day job and you identify yourself as a creative. It doesn't really matter. If, if you feel like you are a creative person and you would like some more support in how to stay well and a supportive place to share your struggles and your triumphs with people, that is where to do it. Everyone is welcome to join. Amazing. And Rebecca, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? You can find me at RebeccaHaas.com. And my coaching site is CoachingForCreativeWellness.com. But if you go to RebeccaHaas.com, there's kind of two paths to the music arm of the website or the coaching arm. So you will find all my stuff if you go there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so much fun. Thank you. This has been such a great conversation. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunnelycom slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelycom slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. I just totally lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's totally gone. I don't know. (laughs) You can go on.